Wobam, we are here. Hi, everybody. We're here with Just Gaming Teens. It is an all LGBTQIA plus perspective on games, gaming news, and any kind of assorted category. I am Lotus Loves Lotus. Just Lotus is fine to... Wait, if this is my left... We're on, on the, the starting left. screen. We're on the starting shortly. So. Hey, y'all. Well, that's embarrassing. Hi, I'm Lotus Loves Lotus, and uh, apparently OBS Studio doesn't save your hotkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Do I need to say this stuff again? No, this is mostly audio only. See, if y'all hadn't said anything, the people on Spotify wouldn't have known. But you know what? It's fine. I'm Lotus. To the left of the screen is Dex. Hi, Dex. How you doing? Hi. Hello. And then hanging out, holding down the bottom of the pyramid is Ruin Crow. Welcome back, Ruin. Hi. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be back. Yay. Yeah, we, uh, we have, I guess, a news-packed week. It was funny. I was also hosting last week, and I was like, we ain't got nothing to talk about. And the universe said, <laughs> oh, bitch. That's cute. To the point where we had to take out a couple of things because we were like, it's too much. It's too much. Uh, right. I mean, first off, we have uh, a big bummer, I guess, is the the technical term for what it is. Uh, continuing, um, continuing allegations, continuing story of Activision Blizzard and uh, the CEO, Bobby Kotick, being a giant piece of shit. Uh, even more so than we knew of before. I mean, I think I think all of us could say that we probably knew that he knew about everything that was going on, right? Just in the sense that he's the CEO of the company. But now we have allegedly proof um, through emails, phone calls, speaking about his supervisor, speaking about his secretary. And it's like, no, we, we, we have repeatedly told him about people being assaulted the horrible culture of like taking employees to strip clubs and encouraging all of the female employees to get drunk threatening to kill people threatening to destroy people's careers specifically bobby kotick doing these things um i i, I what do you say about such a thing <laughs> i don't know Wow, I I just think it's like I don't know how long for, he's been like a CEO, and I'm like I'm sure the company has always been like this, but it just like blows my mind just to, like still look at the article and be like seeing 2006 when yes. situations happened, 2007, 2008, because then you're like yeah, like I like we found out all this stuff was going on, but the fact that this has been going on for like 15 years is like especially disturbing because like we didn't know any of this stuff was really going on in the public until like this past year. So it's very like disheartening to see like more and more things come up about how this has been going on for so long. I feel like with the 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 timeline of it all, you know, it going back to so long ago when you had um it makes me a little worried about, a little bit because like when you had companies like G4 and uh, I feel like this kind of was like setting the, um, you know, the bottom of it all for the, for this to grow. Right. Like 
that doesn't make any sense. Does so that make uh, the foundation? You were looking for like the this, word foundation, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're looking yeah. for the word foundation here. So, like, because these, I feel like, you know, these gaming companies started becoming like big conglomerates over those. Those were like pretty formative years when gaming was starting to explode. Like when I was in high school and um, middle school and stuff. You know, that's when these things started to form. You know, these big companies. You know, they're growing and they're growing and they're growing. And for it to have this type of foundation with such deep cracks, where you know these sexual assault allegations have been um, in harassment uh they've been going on for this long and nothing has been done about it like of course maybe that's why we don't see a lot more women in gaming because they're like girl like everyone else is like well they're not going to do anything about it mm -hmm. like isn't I, I i think that's really unfortunate that that's the foundation that a lot of these companies are sitting on that's it's really gross yeah i mean especially it since it says like the spokeswoman for it like the human resources began reporting that they like re reporting directly to the corporate office in 2019 meaning that like that wasn't happening before yeah, they were so proud <laughs> they were like they're reporting straight to us now now like 2019 like 13 years after like as the earliest account that we have is like going on and they're like it occasionally allowed some employees to conduct themselves in truly regrettable ways and i'm like okay but like are y'all gonna do something about that because they still happen i feel like looking back at that of like that time when you think of like the media at the time and the things that we've seen like i feel like it was that was just of the time is it does that make sense like it's of it was of the time when you think of like what was that movie grandma's boy like in everything that happened in that movie like it's just like oh these things just hit, you know a big gaming company these things just happen so right. when i read there were like they had like 30 skinked skinkedly clad women you know dancing at a party for the company i was like why am i kind of not surprised like at this time <laughs> like this it seems very like the oh so the it was a product of its own time a little bit. And maybe I forgot when that movie came out, but maybe that movie kind of glamorized it all. And that's what they're like, well, this is what we do. You know, we make all of these, all of this big money and all of these big things. Like, of course we're going to spend it on 30 strippers and at a party. And we're going to get DJs to DJ to tell women to get more drunk. So it's easy for the other, for men to get with them. Like it, it's. I feel like it's one of those things looking back, and it's just like, wow, we were really gross back then. We yeah. were really, really gross. We let the we let all of this happen. Like, it was gross. And I feel like too, coming from being like an HR person, like I feel like HR probably didn't even know like what to do at the time in the in these companies because they're like kind of like you know brand new like what do we do with this stuff i guess we can keep a file of it maybe but then when you have the ceo basically taking all of the heat for it all and then um saving someone who i think he saved the guy who threatened his assistant like he saved him and then they just put him in uh remediation classes like what what I believe that was Gross. the person who uh, twice sexually assaulted their assistant. Bobby Kotick himself is the one who threatened to kill his assistant, allegedly. Was it? Okay, yeah. And yeah. then, 
I don't know. For me, it's just like all of these things, like when when is the strikeout? To use a sports term, but when is the strikeout for these people? Because like they also also in the article they said that he sexually harassed a flight attendant on his private jet. And like she didn't even complain to him. She complained to someone else. And then he was and then he was like, Well, you're fired, blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, I I just I don't understand when the strikeout is for people. Like it just it just blows my mind. It, tr- it truly blows my mind. All of these things are happening and like no one's like, you're out, you're out, sis. Nope. You're out. Take sit on leave the stadium. Like you're not even on the team anymore. Too much power, oh, I'm full too of much sports money. references. Just <laughs> we talked about basketball extremely briefly before this, and now we're all on sports mode. Um <laughs> yeah, it's too much money, too much power, too much uh gleefully normalizing rape culture from the two thousands, and that his like I feel like more broadly speaking in gaming but also in general i mean we're from the united states so from that perspective but still um that has been very denormalized there are like actual people at companies who care about the other employees who may be around and may care about their well-being beyond that um but specifically in gaming with storied companies they still are on like 2000s frat bro culture I mean, League of Legends Arcane came out and everybody loves it. That's great. Hey, they just settled like two or three gender discrimination lawsuits that had been ongoing right when that released. So just food for thought. There's that from Riot Games who were founded in what, like 2009, 2010. There's the stuff at Rockstar. There's the stuff at uh, Take Two, I think is the overarching thing. Um, basically anybody who got their name in the 2000s in gaming managed to, I feel like, make their way to a AAA state. And they are truly all like that. Like, we really need to stop pretending that this is, I do think Activision Blizzard is arguably and hopefully the absolute worst it can get. But we can no longer pretend that... Yes, literally, please. We, we can no longer <laughs> like pretend. We don't need anything, anything worse. Please. <laughs> please. We can no longer pretend that that is not an industry thing. Because like, like you said, if that mindset, if that culture is a product of its time, the gaming industry as a whole is a product of that time also. So like they're kind of intrinsically linked at this point. Like a lot of these companies would need to be completely restructured and they should bobby kotick resign you big bitch fuck you get out (laughs) point blank period (laughs) (laughs) thank you for snapping for me i can't snap i'm really bad (laughs) you're welcome i got you i got you uh do we have any closing thoughts before we go into our next thing i think you said it you put the you put it (laughs) You you said it. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'll be honest and say before we go on to our next one, I don't remember who did this one. Who who would like to take it? About the what? GTA. Oh, that was that was me. Okay, that was okay. me. How about you? Surprisingly, the next one then? you know. <laughs> <laughs> so the next topic that we're talking about, um, it's basically modders are fighting back. They're fighting uh, back against Take Two and Rockstar because they're like. Girl, this is ridiculous. So, <clears throat> Take Two, they filed a, a copyright infringement lawsuit against uh, a group of modders who basically came up with RE3 and REVC, which basically all these 
these like developers did is they just made the games better at this point in time um and so they're they decided to fight back against it because they're like listen like take two said you're hurting us they are basically suing them for over three hundred thousand dollars in damages and (laughs) the developers were like sis how are we hurting you the games have been out for over 10 years take two and rockstar have done nothing to fix these bugs and that's all we're doing um we're just making these games better to be more compatible with systems like the switch and the ps vita which i didn't know people were still using their ps vitas to play (laughs) games but pop off you use the technology if you have it um but they use this word, which I really wanted to say. They said interoperability, which is basically just making software compatible across the board for everyone. So like I said, like the Switch and the Vita. Mm. Um, and I finally saw the infamous rain effect that is happening in <laughs> the Definitive Edition. And uh, honestly, that it's it's honest, it's it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing for them to do something like this, um, es- especially when it, they, they're just not doing so hot right now at all. They're really not doing hot. This came out and then they're like, oh, we're going to go after these developers too and we're going to sue them for $300,000. Uh, no, girly. Like, it's it's not going to happen. It's it's just, it's not. Sorry. I hope not. What are your thoughts, everyone? If it, if it does... <laughs> here we go (laughs) i i I would love for take two to lose and set a precedent across the entire united states legal system that emulation is cool as hell and we all really like it and to stop suing people and to get over it i that is the best case scenario for me because if you can't set a legal precedent of a big company losing it's like what are you gonna do now also, I should say the PS Vita is a very popular emulation machine. I found that out <laughs> earlier last year. Uh, is it really? It is. It in the, what is it called? The PSTV are, are quite big on that. So is the Wii U, I think, actually. Which means okay. that the Wii U finally has games on it. It's great. Me, <laughs> me with the Wii U. <laughs> Maybe I got well, even the I posted an article earlier this week, but like the Microsoft gaming chief was like, listen, we need to accept emulation and we need to make sure that we're preserving these games for the future. And I think that's absolutely I think that is uh, really the best way to put it, like preserving them for the future. I feel like there are a lot of games that people want to experience that they can't experience anymore. And the only way to do it is through emulation. And you know what? It, I don't understand why they're being such little crybabies about just making... You obviously didn't fix it. There is no way for you to fix it. Mm-hmm. And you're not fixing it. So why are you... I'm. We're going to sue you. They actually forced them to take it down. It got taken down. And then they're like, mm-mm, girl. Like, what are you talking about? And it got put back up. So they almost won for a hot second. But now they're coming back thinking, you know, $300,000. Honestly, I feel like that puts a price tag on what they thought the uh, definitive edition is worth to them. That's all they're going to make is $300,000 from it. Like, right. and at this point, I would be surprised if they made $100,000 with how the game looks. And I've only seen a few things from it. And they do have to get those refunds too. So Yeah. It's like the desperation too of like me seeing that like 
they're like rock stars frantically like oh um we're we're gonna patch the game but we're gonna patch it continue to fix things oh we're gonna you know we're gonna um give out free games to compensate or whatever and i'm like okay but like you released this game that like people were like hearing rumors of it literally a couple months ago so y'all just like frantically just drop this out of nowhere not like qa testing it or anything like y'all just saw this like slapped on some like ugly ass textures of faces on walls and shit and y'all thought this was okay like it made zero sense to me how they thought this was going to be all right. Like, oh, yeah, this is like a all right game, all right release, like two seconds after they first announced it. Like, I just, and then them coming after these modders. Like, there's like, modders like save a lot of games for all we know. Like, honestly, like, I think Skyrim's only successful because of the modders. Because people be buying them just to mod it again. And then, like, they're trying to fight with the, um, fight and defend themselves with like the United States Copyright Act, which is like, period. And it's just like I'm just hoping that they win because like I just I hate when modders just get shit on by the company even though like they're actively making their game better than like the company ever would have. It's so disrespectful. It, it, really it is. is, yeah, and it blocks maybe more fans from either enjoying an older game of theirs because you know sometimes people like to do like to go back and play older games to kind of experience the glow up of it all of the games and then as well they could be blocking. Uh, or they could be losing fans from doing this because I really, you know, I feel like there there has to be older games that people still play because they're able to mod them. I guess Skyrim is one of them. I don't even know when Skyrim came out. I don't know nothing about Skyrim. 11, 11, 11 release date. I will never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> one of the first so games I'm, I like pre-ordered. It's been out for over a decade and uh, I was kind of like, you know, being one of the... People, I was reading some comments and someone said, you know, uh, Skyrim would not have been as successful without the modders and the company did a great job uh, embracing them. Yeah. So it's just it's just one of those things. It's upsetting. It's, it's just like y'all really are hungry for some money because y'all have been flopping <laughs> and you really think this three hundred thousand dollars is going to do something for you. It's right. going to pay your electric bill if that. I mean, that's it at the end of it, right? It's like these companies with like really storied um, series, they don't actually want to re-release them now. They don't have any plans to re-release them, but they just want to sit on them for the concept of re-releasing them later. I mean, Nintendo, again, just to to continuously bring up Nintendo in the emulation and modding scene, uh, always in the news about being really mean to modders and emulators, no matter what game it is. But, I mean, most recently, I think Ocarina of Time is one of the most famously emulated games ever. It is great. It has randomizers. You can do whatever you want. It's cool as hell. Um, And then they are mad. They release their own Ocarina of Time. And it sucks. (laughs) So, like, it it feels so so clear that's what they want to do. Yeah, like, it's just like, if you're going to put these things out, y'all need to make sure that it's ready to go. Like, that's what that's what it comes down to. Y'all been sitting on this for so long, like with the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. And this, from what I've seen, I'm just like, what is this? Like, why is the text so small? It's just, y- y'all have all of this... <laughs> Y'all have all of these things that y'all could do and you just do them. You do them at the bare minimum. Yes, queen. Truly the bare minimum. (laughs) 
Exactly. Yes, <laughs> Queen, give us nothing. Give us nothing. minimal. I also did want to give touch on minimalism. something you said, Ruin, which was um, it's preventing people from getting into things. Like, it, it's preventing new players. Um, I my, my favorite Nintendo channel is Arlo. He's a Muppet monster guy. I love him. And he has two videos that, like, you immediately made me thought of. I've been, like, binging him lately. One is uh, called, like, Lack of Legacy Content on the Switch Hurts Nintendo More Than Us. The other one is because he's a big Metroid fan. Which Metroid games should you play uh, before you play Metroid Dread? Because that just came out. Um, You want to experience the story of Metroid all the way through? Get fucked. Because there's at least two games that you cannot play anywhere except for emulation. So it it's difficult. It's difficult, especially if you're a new gamer with the pandemic and with the Nintendo Switch, getting so many new gamers in the ecosystem at large. Uh, you want to know how the story of this goes? You want to see the glow up and the advancements in technology since the beginning of a series? You can't. Unless you pirate things. Yo-ho. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yo ho bitch yo, yo ho hand is at the ready let's go <laughs> okay bars <laughs> all right we've i think we've yelled enough about emulation and, and modding and piracy i feel like it comes up at least once a week until we get what we want uh right. dex i think you are probably the most relevant to the next story would you like to take I it i am as the local saints row ho i'm here to talk about this saints row news that we got recently so basically they announced they revealed at the games con earlier this year that it would have a a set date release date for february 2022 and I Gamescom was like in August or something, like sometime in the summer. And I was like, that's kind of last minute, Mm -hmm. especially in a pandemic. I was like, that's kind of worrying in a way. Cause like, I wasn't, I was more shocked that they were going to have like that early of a release date in the middle of a pandemic because like they barely showed any gameplay and even their like gameplay video, like did not actually show gameplay. So I was just like, Oh, okay. So like, maybe they're just like keeping everything under wraps until like last minute. Well, um, they recently announced that they're (laughs) delaying it to August 22nd. And the quote is, in all honesty, we underestimated the impact COVID would have on our schedule. Uh, Take a shot. However, However, to the size and scope of our new Saints Row, it's become apparent to create the best game possible. We need to give our team longer to perfect their craft. Now, I love Saints Row. I, I am the girl that plays it on this podcast. However, I am just like, how did you underestimate the impact of COVID when it's been going on for almost two years? And y'all announced the game like a year and a half into the pandemic. Like, surely you could have just like waited nope. to like announce it or just say like sometime they could have just said 2022 and would be like, okay, all right, we know it's coming. But like they said, oh, February 2022, like, which would have been like six to eight months after they announced it. 
And then they just delayed another six months. And I'm just like, I love them, but like, why am I, like, I'm not surprised that it got delayed. Cause I was like, ooh, I feel like this is gonna be delayed. Every time I got a little bit of news, like barely crumbs of like them talking about anything, but we still haven't seen footage lately of the game. I was like, yeah, this shit getting delayed. But <laughs> what, how do y'all feel about this delay? I mean, when it comes down to games and being pushed back and what we've been experiencing over the past nearly two years now with the coronavirus pandemic, I feel like they should, I, I honestly, they should just be like, it's coming out 2022. We're not going to give you a date. We're not going to give you a month. It's coming out 2023. Like, I feel like a lot of these companies, they should have realized very early on that this is going to help production it's going to bring it to uh a complete stop and that we should probably look at the timelines of the project and if the project's not anywhere close to being done we should probably push it back a year a year and a half two years to make sure that you know they get it out in a timely fashion they get the qa properly done so we don't have crappy games coming out um, or where they have to, you know, come up with patches uh, right on day one to fix things that should have never made it past QA testing. So uh, that's my personal feeling about it. Yeah, I, I think it's more frustrating to have something repeatedly delayed than to get no information about its release. Like, j j just take a page from, like, solo devs and indie devs book where you'll go to the Steam, like, page for their game and it, it will say release date when it's ready just do that shit i think it's hilarious and then also um being able to slowly whittle down the release date i think is exciting to follow as a fan to from 2022 quarter four 2022 november 2022 and i'm like oh it's happening it's really coming out you know stuff like that it's exciting um or even like one thing that Nintendo likes to do a lot with indie games, and then I think Xbox will sometimes do this too, is they will just randomly announce that games are out in the middle of their presentation. So Xbox presentation, E3, whatever, uh, Nintendo directs, they will show a trailer for something, a teeny tiny, like 15 second trailer once. And then at the next showcase, they're like, oh, by the way, it's out. Download it today. Download it now. And I think that's exciting. Even like reverse delaying a game would be cool in the event that you really overshoot how badly you think it's going to be delayed, how much time you think it's going to take. And then to be able to go on stage and be like, surprise, it's coming out in two months instead of a year. That would be cool. I, I just don't understand. I know that there's fiscal years and deadlines and all this stuff, but it, after a certain point, it becomes like a really hard sunk cost fallacy of you trying so hard to hit these deadlines. And it's just like, go for the same deadline but a year from now you just take the l for a future w i suppose yeah i mean it comes it, it's better creative marketing as well you know like creative marketing to do things like all that you mentioned and uh you know that's what will get people excited in different ways mm. come on hype train <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a hype trade, I, th I think we're we're good to, to move on from Saints Row, probably, unless anyone wanted anything more to say. Yeah, I think we're good. <laughs> Why'd you say it like that? The Saints Row thought said, we're good. We don't need to Thank discuss you all. this any longer. <laughs>
<laughs> no, but um, as as the resident cartoon shill, uh, I have to announce uh, Warner Brothers is going to be entering the platform brawler market. Platform brawler being a game like Super Smash Brothers, uh, with a game called Multiversus. Uh, in case you don't know, Warner Brothers owns Looney Tunes. Technically, owns DC Comics, or they own some kind of publishing arm of it, something like that. Um, Adventure Time, Steven Universe, a lot of different Cartoon Network programs, I think, but not all of them. And the most surprising thing, the most surprising person in this roster, Arya Stark from Game of Thrones is gonna be in this <laughs> fucking game, fist fighting Bugs Bunny and Tom and Jerry. And I kind of live, I don't know, um... Y'all know, I enjoy Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, but, like, a lot of the corporate games you know the movie tie-ins and things like this they have approximately 15 dollars to make a video game power rangers battle for the grid nickelodeon all-star brawl like they're they have all the fun characters and all the good music but they're jank as hell a little bit ugly and i mean nickelodeon all-star brawl doesn't even have voice acting um but the warner brothers platform brawler which is going to be called multiversus which is cute um is going to be fully voice acted and again as a big cartoon enthusiast that roster is fucking stacked and it's really exciting um it is going to be free to play so i'm gonna do what i do with every free to play game and i'm gonna make all my friends download it and we're gonna have a great time and i'm never gonna spend any money on it because i don't give a shit about warner brothers (laughs) (laughs) what interesting thing too on the platform brawler formula is that apparently they designed this from the ground up for co-op so it's designed for 2v2 which i think is curious but there's like a lot of 2v2 moves you can help your teammates recover you can throw your teammates i don't know it looks really interesting and to go over a couple people from the voice roster really quickly uh yes the real life Maisie williams will be voicing Arya stark I don't know. It must be in her contract. I don't know. Uh, Matthew Lillard, uh-huh. the live action Shaggy, will be voicing Shaggy. Um, A period. Yes, baby. Yes, baby. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sold. It's over. And then, um, Shaggy main for life. Yes, <laughs> there are also two of the most famous uh, voice actors of all time in cartoons and in games. Tara Strong, who voices Bubbles on the Powerpuff Girls, Twilight Sparkle, and My Little Pony. Um, she voices a couple characters in the fairly odd parents she voices a billion people uh including raven from teen titans will be voicing harley quinn and then uh john dimaggio will be reprising his role as jake from adventure time as will jeremy shada who plays finn mm. and uh, who also is going to be playing ginger brave in cookie run kingdom uh once the english oh wait no that already came out in the english version uh so yeah it's kind of weird to see the like corporate tie-in game actually kind of seemingly pull out all the stops like and just give them a big budget to make a big game i don't know it's kind of weird i shouldn't get my hopes up but i'm like this this could be something this is warner brothers right yeah warner i mean they have to prepare for the flop of the harry potter game that's all. <laughs> that's, you, that's what they're doing here they're like oh there. god this harry potter game ain't gonna do so well we gotta put something else out <laughs> no yeah, harry yeah. potter characters confirmed so you might be out of something i mean technically they're not games but nothing is it's multiverse so interesting right oh almost forgot yes estelle is voicing garnet from steven universe also 
Very important one to have there. I don't know. How how do y'all feel? I I think Dex will be playing now. (laughs) I think Dex has been roped in (laughs) as my call partner. Yes, I think I'd be playing because, you know, my biggest weakness is um, Batman. So in any animated form, Batman is always hot as hell. So Batman was available on Tuesdays. Um, (laughs) Superman maybe is available on Wednesdays in the style, like, He's 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 good. Um, I'm shook about Shaggy, and it's just like the concept of like Shaggy, Tom and Jerry, and like Steven Universe fighting just like sends me into a spiral. Like I just love like because like I'm just so used to Smash. So when I'm used to like so when we run into these like games that have like show characters fighting each other, it just feels like more like absurd and like wild and I love it. So I'm I'm really excited to see how this is gonna be. Cause I just love when I just see like all these styles like clashing on the screen. So I think it's gonna be fun. I think back to the most popular cartoon from the Warren Brothers, which is the Animaniacs, and ah. just like how how like absurd that TV show was, how that cartoon was, and you know how they had real life people. They sometimes had you know some other cartoon crossovers in there. So I think this is like a very similar to that. And if they kind of can keep with that you know absurdity i think it would be a really good game i mean if it's free i don't see i don't see why i wouldn't download it and play it you know every once in a while so Mm -hmm. i mean there are some really uh beloved characters in there so yeah why wouldn't i whoever's at the warner brother games uh division seems to know what the people want uh the, the thing I am worried about, especially with it being a free-to-play game, is obviously monetization. Like, being totally just nutty. Uh, wouldn't be happy about that. It probably will be there in some regard, but, you know, fingies crossed. Um, oh, no, I lost my train of thought. Oh, no, right. They know what the people want. Uh, Warner Brothers does have a gotcha game where there is referenced the meme Big Chungus. And there is a big Chungus skin for Bugs Bunny, and he's like a legendary <laughs> character or something. Uh, their Twitter account is already like repeatedly referencing the Shaggy Ultra Instinct <laughs> memes. I mean, I don't know. So someone there is plugged in, and that gives me at least a little bit of faith. I think. Right here. I guess we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> Yay! On the flip side of things, speaking of people who are not plugged in, shall we get to the main portion of this episode and talk about Let's the- get this over with. <laughs> <laughs> and get to the Game Awards with Geoff Keighley and the nominations that were announced on a Twitter live stream earlier this week. That was a really weird thing to wake up to and watch and uh, be disappointed in. Uh, yeah. No spoilers as to how we feel, but you know. Um, I guess how about we rattle off what all of the major um award categories are and some nominees. And, and how about I'll do it and you you guys stop me when um when it's time. Just whenever you feel ready. Buzz in, just like I on, I don't know uh, when Jeff. it's time. <laughs> all right. Uh one of the one of the big awards. Best Game Direction, Nominees, Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2. Stop. Who? 
<laughs> Returnal who? I don't know that game. <laughs> Continue. Uh, a triple A sci-fi roguelike that came out in the beginning of the year that a bunch of people said was too hard and too boring, but the people who were into it were very into it. There's that. Other other game direction nominees, Psychonauts 2 and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. So there's that. Uh awards for best narrative, Deathloop, It Takes Two. Life is Strange, True Colors, and Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I need to stop myself. Spoilers for Deathloop. Spo- spoilers for Deathloop for the next, like, 15 seconds. Please click off or skip ahead 30 seconds-ish if you need to go. Why are we so into incest in video games? Why does this keep oh, being no. a thing? And why do people keep getting awards for it? All right, I'm done now. That I just needed to, yeah, we don't need to have a discussion about it because I don't think it warrants it. But what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and for best narrative, I'm done now. But you get the you get the idea of why that is a thing that I had to say. Moving on. Award for best art direction, nominees, The Artful Escape, Deathloop, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Awards for Best Score and Music, The Artful Escape, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm. <laughs> Wonderful. I want to say something about this real quick. Like, I'm sure it has music, but I, it gives me, like, I'm sure it like, has copyrighted. Obviously, it has music to be nominated. Could you imagine but, a game with no music being nominated? <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish. Like I know it has like original music, but like I feel like it's kind of I ha- I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't know. But I feel like it's one of the games that would have licensed music. Right. Yes. So no, like yeah, I yeah. feel like when games have licensed music, just take that shit out. Like <laughs> take that shit no, out of yeah. this Okay, sorry, my face is so red. That was so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it has music. Dexterlicious 2021. (laughs) Uh, The other other nominees. Deathloop, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I cannot believe that G.F. Keighley pronounced this whole thing, but he did, and I will not be one up, so I will too. Near Replicant, version 0.1.22474487139. Period. Great. <laughs> Best performance. Erica Mori as Alex Chen in Life is Strange True Colors. Giancarlo Esposito as Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn in Deathloop. Maggie Robertson as Lady Dimitrescu in Resident Evil Village. And Osiomo Akaga as Juliana Blake in Deathloop. I have a little... Just a little problem here. Just a little problem. Uh, one thing that we see at the Oscars, which are also a complete and total joke, just to be clear, is that there are different uh, sections for actors. So, right, there's like best male lead, best female lead, best supporting actor, etc., etc. Um, performances and voice acting are really important in games, but I feel like it's fair to say that outside of AAA, it's quite uncommon. Um, so, for me... Para me, it's really fucked up that the only black nominees on almost this entire list are in the same category for the same game, not only in terms of that being very low diversity, but also because they are now pitted directly against each other. Because if you like Deathloop and think it has great performances and you want it to win, you're going to have to vote for one of them. 
And while uh, Jason Kelly as Colt Vaughn is the actual like lead lead of Deathloop, when you're the protagonist, you tend to not talk quite as much as other characters, especially in cutscenes. So it's like these votes are now being split. And I don't like that. That's suspicious. Already because I know that the white woman's going to win. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's not miss any words. Lady Dimitrescu is going to win. Like, yeah. If she doesn't, there will be an uproar. But I'll be happy to see that uproar. Yes, it would be so funny. I mean, I've I've seen the game and I feel like she did okay. Like I, I, I don't feel like she really like had a lot to say in there. I don't know. I find that very interesting that I mean she probably had maybe a hundred lines and that's, that's fair. she got nominated for that. Like, like I, I wasn't moved. Like not like I guess kind of spoilers, but like spoilers for like the next five seconds. Like she's like only in like a quarter of the game so like Mm -hmm. exactly there's not much of her in the actual game so like i don't know i mean that's that's ditto what i heard about giancarlo esposito in far cry 6 a video game i will never play not only uh because of the racism but also because of ubisoft but i i heard that he was mainly just in it because like oh he's in breaking bad so isn't he so cool he's in all the marketing he's on the box art and i think he's barely in it like at all i think uh-huh. even less than lady dimitrescu so mm, you hate to see it shall we move on to the next category yeah oh yeah <laughs> so I, was, I just wanted to make sure <laughs> no let's stay on this i'm just kidding we can move on <laughs> uh this one's kind of nebulous this feels like a very I don't know. Happy. Yay. We're good. Video games are good in art award. It's just called Games for Impact. Uh, This seems to be the indie game dumping ground outside of the other indie categories. Uh, Nominees, Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home. Uh, Shout outs to No Longer Home for having the nomination. Uh, That was a really good game. I mean, I think... Let me look. I think it was, I think I played Before Your Eyes. And, you know, honestly, you thank you. Um, I mean, for impact, I definitely see why it would be impactful to people. Boyfriend Dungeon, I don't see why. I don't see how that's impactful in any way. Um, Life is Strange, always. I think it's very impactful game and no longer home. What, which would... What was that about? It's on my desktop. I didn't touch it. I didn't touch it. I touch it. Uh, no Longer Home <laughs> is a short semi-autobiographical tale about two non-binary university students trying to, like, move on from the fact that they're no longer university students and, like, they don't know what to do with their lives. I'd say, I'd say it's oh, impactful. It's yes, yes. I think it's relatable. For yeah, people, so I yeah. remember that at, um, well, at E3. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So I would say that's an impactful game. Um... I, I that's a very interesting I uh, category. It's I don't a know. Strange Before your category. eyes I, No, I I completely agree with you. Before your eyes, I mean I would love to win. Um just because I really enjoyed it. But um yeah. Yeah. We it, can move on. It's borderline wholesome. Like I feel like the, the category should say wholesome, but it made me cry or like something like that. <laughs> I, I yeah. it, it's a bit it's a bit odd. But yeah, we we can move on to uh best indie. I have thoughts. Nominees, 12 Minutes, Death's Door, Inscription, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, and Loop Hero. Dex, let's get to your thoughts first. 
Um, first off, I'm really nervous that 12 Minutes is going to win because, um, spoilers for 12 Minutes <laughs> for the next, like, 10, 20 seconds. There's, um... <laughs> Every time, ruined. There's also incest. A lot. The, oh, the whole plot device is incest. A lot of brutalizing of your wife. A lot, of, a lot of drugging and, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's, it's very Last of Us 2 core. Where it's like, uh, for a story to be good, a lot of quotation marks here, good and important and make you feel things, it has to be violent and rude and horrible and as as far into those categories as you can get. There is that. I, I do completely um, agree with you, Dex. One thing that also bugs me as the indie lover on the panel is that four of the five nominees for best indie are published by triple i publishers basically people who are huge in indie namely three of these are devolver digital published games and one of them is annapurna interactive which is arguably the most like prestigious art uh indie publishing arm kenna bridge of spirits is the only indie game in this category that was not published and assisted by an actual indie publisher and if you're going to say that something is an indie game that it's small scale that it's independently made Saying that it came from a big publisher, especially a publisher like Devolver Digital, which was recently eh, tossed around at the price of one billion fucking dollars. They seem like antithetical concepts to me. Uh, you know, spoilers for the rest of what we get into, but like there's nothing from almost nothing outside of games for impact and best debut indie that are self-published. There's nothing from like Haunted PS1 demo disc, uh, you know, those that came on to be full games. There's just not a lot of stuff. The indie category always does disappoint me uh, at the Game Awards, but this is one of the most disappointing that I think it has ever been. And that is sad. No, I agree. That's basically all I have to say on that one. Let's move on. Best mobile game. Uh, Fantasian. Genshin Impact, League of Legends Wild Rift, Marvel Future Evolution, and Pokemon Unite. Y'all got any thoughts? No. I'd, I'm not really into <laughs> mobile gaming, so, I mean, I'd, I I don't know. Majority of these games, I know Genshin and Pokemon, so I think those two will probably be the head-to-head fight there, but Genshin will probably win. Really, I think Pokemon my... will win. I think recency bias will play a part. I think, yeah, knowing how the Pokemon stands, TMR, I feel like Unite would run over Genshin. That's fair. That's fair. Alrighty, no Cookie Run Kingdom trash category. Let's move on. Innovation and accessibility. Far Cry 6. Forza Horizon 5. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And The Veil, Shadow of the Crown. Um, The Veil... Let me double check so I don't talk out of my ass, but I'm pretty sure about this one. I just want to double check. Uh, the interesting thing about The Veil is that it is a completely sightless game. You can play it uh, literally, like I'm not using the word blind the way that people use it in games, meaning they don't know. I mean, literally blind. You can be blind and play The Veil and that's really cool. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, like sightless games, I think they're called. They're somewhat of a niche category, but it's cool to see them get some level of recognition on a big stage that's nice very happy for that team uh have y'all experimented or like have you played any of these games and experimented with the accessibility modes in them at all no i typically do not no 
That's mm -mm. fair. I mean, most of them I haven't played, so I can't entirely speak, but I think Forza's accessibility modes are extremely cool. Uh, like one thing you notice right away is you open the game and immediately it starts uh, reading out the menu. So if you're someone who started up the game and, you know, didn't have a vision of it, it could navigate you correctly to the menu to turn that on. And that's really cool. Uh, another feature that it has that's really neat is obviously it's a racing game, but you can in offline mode turn down the speed of the entire game up to like 60%. So like your car and all the other cars will be going a hundred miles an hour or whatever, but to you visually, the entire physics engine is working at 40 miles an hour. So that way you have more of a reaction time. Uh, it's easier for you to move your fingers between buttons if you're trying to like drift or something. And I thought that was really impressive. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. That's oh. I've... <laughs> just, just shake your head. I love to see it. You love to see it. <laughs> yeah, I would. Pop off for Elise. Dang. All right, let's get into best action game. Back for Blood. Chivalry 2. Chivalry. God, I'm so Spanish. I'm sorry. Chivalry, Chivalry 2. <laughs> Deathloop, Far Cry 6, and Returnal. Again, uh, who we don't know super well, but there we go. Uh, any thoughts on that one? No. Right. no. An annoying thing to me. Uh, best action game category is immediately followed up by best action slash action adventure. This is what it's yeah. like to like video games in 2021 <laughs> is that action and action slash action adventure are two different categories uh, because all the AAA games are the same and they needed some way to split them up. <clears throat> Anyways, best action action adventure, <coughs> Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Probably pretty fair, I would say. Pop off, yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, best role playing: Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei five, and Tales of Arise. How y'all feeling? Um, I don't know any of these games, but I'm I am hoping that Shin Megami Tensei eats up the competition. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. That's fair. <laughs> Didn't I? Honestly, my biggest thing looking through the entire list to see Cyberpunk 2077 at all. on at literally at all for any of the nominees, it's completely shocking to me. And it, it, it to me, these they have to buy bids. They have to they have to be buying these spots because there is no way that you're going to tell me that that game that was thirty dollars a month after it got released or twenty dollars, whatever that that's the best role-playing game absolutely not like that's that's or even the music it, could you even hear the music over all of the annoying crap that was going on around you yeah. like it's nonsense it's absolutely nonsense to me it was it's honestly a little it's like infuriating to me yeah. to see it on there it really is how how about we i, I like to put a pin in that that conversation of how what how and why are these games nominated? I'd like to get to it at the end. We have okay more categories, right? Because I, I I just have only closing thoughts about like the rest right. of this. Yeah, game. that I feel like it's a it's a good like closing statement. That's how I think about it, anyways. Um, right. Yeah, the one thing I want to ask too is, didn't Shin Megami Tensei come out at the time of recording this like two weeks ago or something? It was within a week. Oh, it was, it was within like a week. week. So yeah, yeah. Let, let me look up the date, but I'm pretty sure it was literally like less than a week ago. That's going to attach to our pin also, because uh, 
from what I understand of Shin Megami Tensei Five and all of the Shin Megami Tensei Persona games is that they are extremely long and the Shin Megami Tensei games in particular are quite difficult. So a week to get nominated a game that can easily run you over a hundred hours. We'll get into it at the end, but just wanted to make a note of that. Uh, November 11th, nine days ago. As that's wild. Filming. Anyways, uh, we don't have Koga <laughs> here, but very briefly, best fighting game. Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, The Hinokami Chronicles, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood Type Lumina, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Virtua Fighter Five Ultimate Showdown. If Guilty Gear Strive doesn't win, throw the whole thing away. I don't even, I mean... I, I, I don't play fighting games, so... <laughs> well, the thing is, it's... I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Listen, I was like, come on, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl! Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love Nick All-Star Brawl, but it's not particularly good. It's the kind of thing I would have eaten up on the original Xbox when I was 10 years old, and I'm still going to play a lot of it. But as far as games that are well-designed and cool and great for the fighting game community, it's Guilty Gear Strive, and it's not close, even okay. a little bit. That's just the, the gist of it, but yeah. Uh, I take your words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best family game, aka the Nintendo category, <laughs> It Takes Two... <laughs> Mario Party Superstars, New Pokemon Snap, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, and WarioWare Get It Together. Four out of the five categories or nominees are Nintendo competing with itself, which is somewhat understandable in the terms that Nintendo is the premier family game, you know, publisher and developer. But no indie games? No? No Alba, A Wildlife Adventure, one of the most popular indie games that came out this year? The, the A Short Hike re-release on Nintendo Switch, even? It doesn't compute for me personally. Anyways, let's move on. Best Multiplayer, Back 4 Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two. Not a multiplayer game, a co-op game, which is different, but Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. Dex? First off, New World barely worked. So how are they on there? <laughs> right. Like, I like, why Small, I, I'm pretty sure our friend Smallsy, friend of the pod, can't even play it on his computer still. So how's oh, that dear. on there? I mean, It was breaking his internet, mama. Like, what games you don't do that? Like, <laughs> breaking his whole ass internet. I was going to say, wasn't it breaking people's entire computers in some cases, yeah, too? Yeah, the computers, the internet. I've never heard of a game, like, <sighs> destroying somebody's internet. Like, literally taking it down. Like, <laughs> I don't understand how it's on there. The, mm -mm. A strange category, to be sure. And again, co-op and multiplayer are two different things. Co-op means two people that are uh, going through a campaign together, you know? But it's still multiplayer. Oh my god, the mm -hmm. the Latin police are going to be here and be like, actually, multi means more than one, <laughs> so it includes two players. <laughs> it is more than one. Uh, it is more than one. No, yeah, I, I don't know. Kind, kind of a strange category, I think, especially because there are so many available games. But anyway. Agreed. Good category. Maybe the only category. Best debut indie, The Artful Escape. The Forgotten City, which we were talking about Skyrim mods earlier. The Forgotten City was originally arguably the most famous Skyrim uh, story mod. It was an entire, basically, game built inside of Skyrim using Skyrim assets. And they have 
finally managed to just publish an entire game by themselves based on the mod that they made all by their lonesome. So I love that That's for awesome. them. Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Sable, which was uh, scalped for most other categories, including Best mm -hmm. Art and Design. I, it is an insult. Sable is arguably the most gorgeous game I have ever played in my entire life. Period. Full stop. I don't care if it's glitchy. Uh, the fact that they got a Mobius painting to move in real time while you are playing a video game with a day and night system while you're riding around on a little bike. Nowhere mentioned for best art direction. Also an actual indie game made by a small handful of people. <sighs> Upsetting. Upsetting, to say the least. And Valheim, uh, which I know a lot of people are having fun in. So congrats to Valheim for a couple of nominations. Any other thoughts on the best debut indie from y'all? No. Alrighty. La last two here, and the two big ones generally at the Game Awards. Well, big ones in terms of hype, maybe not an actual anything. Uh, most anticipated game, Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, Horizon Forbidden West. <laughs> the next one really makes me laugh. The sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. The sequel. <laughs> no name. No name. The sequel and to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, Go ahead. I, these are these are games that I hear about a lot that a lot of people are excited for and looking forward to. So I would say these are probably some of the best out there as far as like as far as if is we're only considering chip relay games, like we're not considering anything else, I would say. Nope, that's it. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. Uh, both both Spin and Ruby are lovely coast and chat point out. It was in the same category last year, I think with the same name. I, I think it, it may be announced Breath of the Wild sequel is the way that they phrase it to make it look slightly mm. less awkward. Uh but yeah, weird. It'll probably be Elden Ring. I mean, what what else would it be, right? Like I mean people are very excited for all of these. Maybe except for Starfield, Bethesda has lost a lot of goodwill for good reason. Uh, so it's probably it's probably gonna be Elden Ring. That's one of the most hype releases in like the last ten yeah. years, probably. So, mm -hmm. well, before we go into game of the year, I want to love spin, but it forgot best ongoing, which had nominated Final Fantasy fourteen online. So I have to bring this up, spin. <sighs> okay, um, but best ongoing nominees are Apex Legends, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy XIV Online, Genshin Impact, and Fortnite. And I'm just hoping for fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Like honestly, I wanted to be like, wait, best multiplayer. We don't see Final Fantasy XIV ah. Heaven's Word expansion. Yeah. That you can play up to level sixty. The highly, <laughs> the highly the award, like the whole long won't. speech. You know, the highly right. award integrated expansion <laughs> Heaven's Word. Because like we got to multiplayer, and I was like, I know Final Fantasy XIV got nominated, and then I saw that Spin didn't put ongoing, which had fourteen <laughs> nominated. Spin so alone, like, it's resting. <laughs> Spin made it in know. a fervor at four in the morning. I know. That's true. But 13 is my life, so I must, I must avenge her. No, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, as someone who's not even, not an MMO girly, not even a Final Fantasy girly, it's really hard to imagine anyone holding a candle to 14, especially in this particular category, and especially with right. Endwalker. Mm -hmm. Okay, about to release. <laughs> I did, I'm like, they go to the moon and they blow up the moon or something. What's it called? <laughs> 
Final Fantasy is obsessed with the moon for some reason. The, I like the, her too. I, I don't know why. Obsessed with the moon. I love though. that. I love the moon. <laughs> All right, B. So that's us. Uh, I think the entirety of Just Gaming Things united for Final Fantasy XIV online. Even I could agree with that one. So hey, why not? And then the big, the big award game of the year nominees: Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts Two, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. Thoughts, feelings, concerns. Only my final thoughts. Um, I'm honestly surprised it takes two got in there. I mean, it, it, it it's a great game, but I'm surprised it got in there. Metroid mm-hmm. Dread, I'm surprised it got in there. I'm very um, happy Metroid Dread got in, genuinely. Have, I, I haven't played it yet. I have it, but I haven't played it yet. It, it, is it good? Me neither. I ain't got a Switch, but I've seen people play it. <laughs> I'm just happy it's there. <laughs> no, ge- like, but genuinely, but genuinely, actually, because here's the thing: I, as a person, don't like Metroidvanias. I don't have a Switch. I am very upset about everything with Mercury Steam, and I wish that more people would be reporting on that at all the Nintendo channels, shamelessly building off of Metroid Dread hype. But uh, I think Nintendo pouring more resources into um, actual single-player campaign games would be really nice. I think giving more attention to their underserved but still extraordinarily popular franchises would be very nice. Like, obviously, this is a big company that only cares about the profits at, at a, after a certain level, right? And then what we'll get into in a second is that the Game Awards are a complete and total fucking joke, except for people who care about AAA and AAA companies. So I think Metroid getting a nod at all like the only other Nintendo games I can think of that have gotten a nod for game of the year are Breath of the Wild. And then I think Odyssey got one, but I don't remember if it was Gotti or if it was Best Family Game. Um, but it's just nice to see it there, especially because eh, compared to some other nominees on the list, I feel like it had a lot more work poured into it, even if some of those workers, you know, weren't credited in the final product. But, you know. Uh, I'd also like to say I think it, it really sucks. The The cutoff dates make sense for uh, the Game Awards in general. At a certain point, you have to say can't have any before or after here. But I, everyone I know really, really loved Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. They love the accessibility options. They love the story. They loved how it looked, how it played. It's going to get completely fucked because of recency bias. I don't think it really matters how much people liked it in the beginning of the year because they haven't probably touched it in like at least six months so that's unfortunate but um that also is a game that had a lot of heart behind it and as far as i'm aware was very adamant about not crunching or abusing its employees so that's nice and those are my thoughts on Gotti. i when i think (laughs) of like video game awards i'm just gonna kind of go for the go for the neck here like i when i'm talking to people about video games and stuff i'm not sitting here in like oh you haven't played so and so it won the this award because of blah 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 like i don't talk about that like i really feel like triple a games at this point like this is kind of just a waste of our time to be perfectly honest for like triple a games because people are going to buy them no matter what people are going to play them no matter what and i think what it comes down to mostly is the opinion of the consumer like i don't think that that they need this validation for it i honestly think that we should be turning our eyes more to indies Mm -hmm. and like you said it's upsetting when 
with the um the indie category and stuff uh how it it's you know flooded with not even like true indie uh like games i mean they're indie games but, but like they're not independent, true indie but studio games indie, indie. yeah exactly exactly like it's I I feel like, you know, it's going to be fun to, you know, sit here and watch it. And, you know, honestly, like, it's just going to be fun to react to Cyberpunk winning something because (laughs) for some odd reason, Cyberpunk's going to win something because apparently it was a good game. So allegedly, it's just like, yeah, (sighs) but it's just like, I don't know. It's just I feel like it's so wasteful. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's really again below like a triple a level the awards really don't matter it is essentially just a little e3 with a bunch of shit in between all the stuff i don't know if it will maybe be too aggressive and perhaps vulgar to call it a triple a circle jerk but that's what i would call it like it is it is very similar to the oscars in the sense that it is giving people awards who are who you like and who are in your industry and who have an essence of prestige about them i think uh one thing I saw in the chat, not to break the fourth wall, but when we were talking about games for impact uh, and we saw Boyfriend Dungeon on there, a lot of people were surprised. I think a lot of people have also covertly been surprised by the extreme presence of the PlayStation game, The Artful Escape on here. Um, I feel like it sounds very artful. It sounds like a game for impact, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of people are trying not to sound surprised because they don't know what it is. Uh, most people haven't played it. It was one of those big, like, you know, uh, at, at the Sony shows, they're proving that they love indies and that they love art and they're going to release the Artful Escape. It got delayed quite a few times and then released to, as far as I'm aware, basically zero fanfare from critics or consumers. And it just brings to question, regardless of the quality or the enjoyment, I don't care, of Boyfriend Dungeon or the Artful Escape or Cyberpunk 2077 or several other games they were always going to be here it did not matter how people felt when they played them whether they are critics or casual players they were always going to be here like guardians of the galaxy was always going to be in several places on this list so was death loop like so were so many of the games 12 minutes no matter what even if the weird like people who really love the like torture porn really hated it it would still be here like that's just it, right? And th- I mean, t- to be clear, this is what we were talking about earlier, talking about like the, I guess, integrity of the event as a whole and why are certain games getting nominated? How are certain games getting nominated? I don't think it's like them paying anybody off or anything. It's just that these particular ones happen to have been chosen as being prestigious by like the AAA community. And the very few indies that did get chosen, I'm happy they were chosen, but there's so many that aren't here that could be taking places from from other people or games i guess they're not people but you know i don't know did y'all have any other thoughts on that i know you had your closing thoughts that you were waiting on dex for the most part um it's really just that like last like this past year was probably the year where i was like most unfamiliar with video games like most of these games on this list like i did not see like the only game that i've like seen a bit of was like i saw a bit of psychonauts 2 from lotus (laughs) so i only got that snippet of 
Psychonauts. Maybe not the best snippet for putting it in an award show. It's not the best snippet, but like just just watching it as well. I just was like, oh, this is like rough. Mm -hmm. And then, like, that, It Takes Two and Resident Evil Village were the only games nominated on this list that I've seen this year. And then I've, like, seen, like, a little bit of Forza Horizon. But, like, other than that, like, I don't really know most of these games. So, like, looking through this list, I'm just really just, like, I, I don't know who would win. Like, I mean, I know who might win, but it's not like I really have, like, an opinion of like who should win but like i'm more so like thankful that like i don't think there's going to be a game that sweeps like last of us part two did last year because they won like what five six seven awards last year and i don't even think like most of the ones that probably would win are nominated for that many like i think like i'm unfortunately i think resident evil might win but, like, that's only nominated for, like, a few things. And then, like, Cyberpunk's only nominated for, like, a couple things, too. So, like, like not, like, I hate that, like, that's something I have to say. But it's, like, I'm glad that all the bad games, <laughs> like, <laughs> Cyberpunk, are not as, like, possibly sweeping as, like, Last of Us Part Two did last year. And it's not even on Best Game of the Year, which I am so thankful for. But I just, I don't know who should win, like, most of these awards. Yeah. So I'm just so unfamiliar with all of it. We, we, take our I would have... we take our crows where we can get them, you know? Right. <laughs> I would say, like, how you first said, uh, uh, Dex, how you're like, I've been so out of it, like, of video games this year. I have to feel the same way. Like, looking through the list, I was just like, what? Like, really? What? And I feel honestly, I mean, with my gaming habits, I never really play like these big games. So if I don't hear if I only hear, you know, this and that about it, that's all I hear about it. And then when I see them on there, like, honestly, I'm I'm just annoyed that Guardians of the Galaxy has a decent amount of nominations because I was so annoyed by Square Enix spending 20 minutes during their (laughs) E3 presentation. wasting our damn time. That's literally like, all I can think of, too. Yeah, they wasted my damn time with all of that. They wasted our damn time. They wasted all of our damn time with that, all of that gameplay. And to be perfectly honest, I haven't seen anything about it. Like, I don't see anyone talk. Like, I think that's the big thing is I don't see anyone talking about these games. People are not like, like with Control. When Control came out, mm. every single person talked about Control and how Animal amazing Crossing. Control was. The Animal Crossing. Everyone talked about Animal Crossing. What did you say? I said Animal Crossing commandeered the internet for like right. a month, you know? Right. So like it's maybe it's like the way that we're getting reintroduced back into like the world where we're not being, you know, it I I don't I don't want to say it but like post COVID, you know, like we're just kind of like getting back into the swing of things and honestly, I feel like a lot of things were just a lot of these categories are just a swing in the miss for me. Mm-hmm. It's, I just, I just, they're not really hitting me. Like even how last year was. And it, it's just, it's just not, it's not, nothing's landing for me. I'll say that nothing's landing for me. And um, it, it will be interesting to um, watch and see who wins, but I am happy that we're not going to be seeing like a sweep 
of a certain game winning all of these categories yeah and and especially because of how far into the covid pandemic we are it feels like the the triple a wheel is is not turning as fast as it intends to you know at the beginning of the pandemic we were still getting a fair amount of triple a releases because it felt like most of them were close to being done and then they got slowed down by covid but they just needed like the last 10 percent, right so they could make it and they could release it and that's what everyone was talking about um but now that it's almost two years of covid and people having a really hard time developing anything i think it's not it's certainly not just me or even just like hardcore indie game lovers who are now kind of only playing indie games or primarily playing indie games because all of the releases have been so slow. I mean, we we don't have one of our resident Animal Crossing lovers with us, but they could tell you for like six or more months, it felt like nothing was really coming out for Animal Crossing because they couldn't work on it. And as great of a game as it is, it's a game that needs continuous support. And that's how a lot of AAA games are. I wouldn't be surprised if like, we would even in a non covid world we would be getting news about like another resident evil remake uh right now or even some other pokemon stuff like another pokemon game on top of uh legends arceus i think that's what it's called and then brilliant pro no wait don't worry about it the remakes um <laughs> but so that's why it, i think it feels extra weird i also i typically feel like somewhat disconnected from the list but even if fan fervor online is not the best you know quality marker for games it at least will give you an idea of how people feel and if a game is popular and if a lot of people played it and with a lot of games on the list like you said ruin even even someone as knee deep in games as i am some of them i've barely heard anything about outside of the indies i'm like i know a handful of people who played these and and that's pretty much it like even with mobile games, a lot of people getting into mobile gaming, I haven't heard of like three of the games on the list. It's it's kind of strange. Uh, even even stranger and more disappointing than the Game Awards usually are. Uh, y'all got any other uh, any other thoughts before we do a little question, do a little wrap up? No. Not too <laughs> laughing. <laughs> All right, last question. Our fearless leader, Ruby, in chat did ask, do y'all have any games you'd prefer to see to get nominated? Uh, I guess this can be category-wide, like any category you want, game of the year, whatever. Uh, we could start with you, Dex, I suppose. Um, I literally don't know video games, but... <laughs> um, what even came out this year? <laughs> it's really hard to remember and to not get it blurred with like the last year as well. I've I've literally been I've seen ever since Ruby asked that question I've been thinking about it and I'm like but I've I've been, been like trying to look around like what games came out last year like I don't know right. I really don't think I have any <laughs> the games that are nominated are the games that exist in my head so. <laughs> <laughs> the games that exist in your head wait hang on <laughs> what, what does that mean. <laughs> It, it means like they're the games I know that came out this year. Hang on, hang on. I mean, my, my I mean, only... I was. Oh, go. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, okay, so I only have one for now, and then I need to look at the list of games I played this year because I do keep that on hand. Um, the one I said earlier, best art direction, Sable. Disgusting that it wasn't nominated for that. Truly horrendous. 
so that one. Uh, I'll try to think of more, but back back to you, Ruin. Um, I mean, with the few that I saw on there that I actually played, because I feel like my gaming habits, I always play older games anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, but before your eyes, I was happy that it got dominated because I mean, I did get to play that on stream and I was, uh, I was happy with the game. Like I would love to go back to it. Um, especially after the <laughs> two months that I've had, uh, with my personal life, but, uh, cause I think it would be a bit more impactful to me now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I'm ha I was happy to see that it, it just, yeah, I, I honestly can't think of anything. Minecraft game of the year 2021. Yeah, baby, let's go. <laughs> Minecraft oh game of the God. year every year, just like Fortnite. <laughs> um, I mean, one, I, I, I had to look up my list, but one that I am, I don't know if this is spoilers because I might do a thing on this later. We'll see. Fing fingers crossed. Uh, editing and writing is hard. But Devotion got its full regular release this year, and I think a lot of people forgot about that. Devotion by Red Candle Games, the game that was infamously pulled from the Steam store for uh, having a meme criticizing the uh, Chinese president uh, with the Winnie the Pooh stuff. It was pulled from Steam. Nobody could play it. You could only emulate it. It got re-released on Red Candle Games, like official eShop this year. I'm willing to count that. It might be slightly cheating. I don't care. I would absolutely <laughs> count it um i i think the forgotten city getting nominees or nominations i should say is really good i love that um i think bonfire peaks which is a great puzzle game missed the mark or the mark the date which sucks uh moon down not getting nominated for anything is disappointing to me that is a completely hand-drawn in pencil and charcoal folk horror game that was cool as hell um, so I, I would have liked to see that somewhere. Other than that, I don't know. Oh, uh, best multiplayer split gate. I'll kill you for not having split gate on there. Oh, yeah, that's actually a surprise. <laughs> now that you mention it, that's a yeah. surprise that it's not on there because a lot of people said a lot of good things about it. It's great. Look, we've established previously that I am the toxic gamer of just gaming things. I love a first-person shooter where you could just go ape shit like Splitgate. It is. It has just a lot of nice features. It's. It's. You can tell that the devs love like playing Halo Two and like Quake Three and stuff, and they just wanted to make a really fun, high-octane game that you can drop in and out of. Like losing in that game doesn't even feel bad because the matches are so short, and you can just pull off ridiculous stunts. So. Yeah. Uh. Th okay. Those are my ones. S Sable for Art Direction. Moon Down for basically anything. Uh, split gate for best multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, I can fell for accessibility as well. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, <they do. laughs> I'm just putting them out there. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know them, look them up. You might like them. They're all like 20 bucks because they're indie games. Actually, split gate is free. Download split gate. Add me on Steam at Lotus Loves Lotus. Let's start a lobby. <laughs> Love that. Let's start a lobby. Let's start a lobby. Toxic gamers only. Toxic gamers only. Only teabag confirmed uh, and shoddy snipers. <laughs> and that's all we're going to play together. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds great. Alrighty. Um, I guess we kind of... Technically, the what we just said was basically this. Both of y'all said you haven't been playing many games lately. Uh, have y'all been playing any games you'd like to talk about? Uh, starting, starting with you, Ruin? 
um i actually i have um i was like super into final fantasy 14 for like several weeks i was playing it every day for several hours a day um i was happy that i actually had i traveled out of the country and got away from it because i was getting a little too obsessive with it um but i made a pretty uh some good leeway in that game but i think i'm just gonna wait until in walker comes out now um because i just it's uh it was a bit mind numbing uh and then i recently got into uh minecraft with some friends yes. we started a realm and yeah and it's it's been a lot of fun like I just made like a floating garden this morning. Like I've, I've really been feeling my Minecraft fantasy. So uh, that's it. And then I started Pokemon um, Brilliant Diamond and Radiant Pearl, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, I started that. You're you muted. muted. We can't hear you. Shining Pearl. Shining <laughs> Pearl. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, that's uh that's a. Uh, that's what I've been playing. It's really it. Fair, fair. I, uh, I finished Sable. Uh, basically 100% of it. I think there's a couple other things I have to do. but uh, And yeah, okay. I love it. I, I I fell in love the moment I started playing it. And it kept that the whole time. Uh, it, it was fabulous. Uh, the only other new thing I have played since last week is the Halo Infinite multiplayer drop. Uh, I don't like it. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which is part of why I will praise uh, Splitgate so much. Um, it feels like they so Halo Infinite already had multiple closed and open betas to test everything and make sure it was working. Um, this feels like another beta. They're just not saying that that's what it is. Uh, it has some of the this is a weird thing to harp on, but they're so bad. I have to. It has some of the worst menus I have ever seen in a game. I, I just don't I don't understand how it's like gotten to this point like how do you get this far how are you also publishing things like forza horizon 5 accessibility and psychonauts 2 accessibility and it is this bad it is just truly baffling uh bless you the gameplay itself is fine thank you no problem like the it's like there's a good halo physics and and shooting and and running around engine uh buried beneath all of it but it even has stuff that split gate does have doesn't have things that Splitgate has like the fact that you can't queue up for a particular game mode that you want to play uh because theoretically they are keeping it out as like a full beta and just saying well it's it's fully released anybody can play it um we're just gonna collect data uh and make you play game modes that you don't actually want to play which i don't understand it's um it's a weird choice didn't Destiny do that too with their multiplayer, making you play modes that they didn't, that you didn't want to play when you played multiplayer? I mean, that seems right. Destiny's made a lot of weird choices in its time, so that True. that would make sense. I can't say for sure, True. but uh, th that's funny. That's while I was playing Infinite, that's what like most of the chat was saying. Was <laughs> like, this just makes me want to play Destiny too, but they fuck stuff up too, so I'm sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Destiny, what are you playing? Yeah, next video. <laughs> Sorry, let me not go on about Infinite this whole time. Well, all all I played is I barely played anything. Um, <laughs> all I ended up doing was um, playing like a little bit of Animal Crossing, and then after Animal Crossing, I played some. Um, I'm trying to like platinum trophy Saints Row Four now, so like that's all I've been doing this week. 
Wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. Work. Work. Just I did out. thinking about uh I did start playing Luigi's Mansion 3 because I ah. got the Switch OLED. Um and uh I was playing Luigi's Mansion 3 on it. Hand handheld because that's really the only way to experience the OLED, but I will say the OLED is very gorgeous in my opinion. It's uh, the, the, the this game, Pokemon. You just had it on it. Right here, because I took the picture because I don't know if any of you saw my tweet last night, but like the cases for the games, like they're different. So this is like the, this is the above ground and this is the underground. Oh. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Oh, is the above ground uh... underground of what? Of, of the of the Shino of yeah the oh. Shino reason because you can go God, because you, know you can go underground. Decks. We said it so aggressively. <laughs> Do you even play Pokemon? Don't, don't you know about the Shino region? Don't you care about Gen Four? Wait, wait, I do have a question because I haven't seen this in the game. Do they still have that weird thing where you have to like mine and you like mine up fossils? This this weird underground mini game. Yeah, the you can still go to the underground and like have a secret base and all of that stuff. I haven't gotten to that point. I literally chose Chimchar and I got went yes. to the next town and I was like, I'm saving. So <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Because I, I think it's un, even if you still have a copy of the original Diamond and Pearl, it's like unplayable that mini game. So that's cool. Alrighty, that's just because it required online function. Well, it didn't get re-released, did it? No. Because I get to enjoy it myself. And I get to experience both games at once, bitch. (laughs) And you do get Dawn's best costume. That was really the blueprint. I don't have to pay $120 to experience both games at the same time. So... I actually, oh my gosh, what's so funny about these games, because I was telling Lotus and Dex uh, before the before the pod started, that like there have been some people who've gotten it early, um, gotten the games early, like literally like a week and a half earlier, like my friend got it a day before release, but there was something I came across uh, on my other Twitter where people were like, oh, imagine paying $100 for both Pokemon games, and people were kind of like explaining, yeah, like there's really no point. Um, there's just when you put it in like it flags which version it is they're basically like you can play the same game like the same version on both game or the the two versions on this one one card but pe- then people were like oh like why are we gonna mod our like why are we gonna jailbreak our switch like i don't know people are very interesting in the pokemon community and they really think that they get people and that they're reading people for doing illegal things it's just like y'all are doing nothing you're just making fools of yourselves that's it <laughs> cop behavior genuinely yep why, why are pokemon fans such cops sometimes it's really weird uh, <laughs> here we go it's true jenny looking ass anyways maybe we should sign <laughs> off now uh before <laughs> stop laughing i'm trying to do the outro the host. <laughs> It has been an action-packed day, news-packed news day, hatred-packed day, and now it is time for us to sign off, starting with you, Dex. Who are you? What do you do? Where could people find you? Any projects you'd like to let us know about? I am Dex Delicious, and I'm here existing at Dex is the best on Twitter, and, and um, slots opened for emotes, so I'm just sitting here like, maybe I'll stream some emote slot art things. 
work. Cool. Yeah. Addict Delicious at Twitch. And my YouTube is there. Addict Delicious. <laughs> she, she's there. kind of been untouched, but she's there. there. All right. We love what it. What about you, Lotus? I am Lotus. You can find me at Lotus Loves Lotus on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Patreon. Uh, I am presently working on a big thing about like fashion in games and like appropriation and racism as it relates to fashion and video games specifically. It's gonna take a long time, but I just want to let y'all know I am I am working on it. It is it is it's Love going. It. Yeah, you um, do have a lot of material there. Uh huh. Oh baby, <laughs> I could I could write a novel about Final Fantasy alone, genuinely. So mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, I would like it to be kind of you know, uh, more more beginner friendly because I think fashion is very inaccessible for a lot of people, especially gamers. So we're going to try to ease Ooh. people into the concept. I, that's not, that wasn't a read. I mean it genuinely. Fashion is expensive and games are expensive. You can usually only pick one. Like genuinely. <laughs> Ruin doesn't okay. believe me. If you're, if you're audio only, just know that Ruin does not believe me. I saw it in their <laughs> face. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ruin, where could people find you? Uh, y'all can find me at Rune Crown on basically everything. Twitter, um, what else am I on? TikTok, Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitch, but I'm not really on Twitch right now. I've been on a mental, personal break <laughs> from it all. Uh, and uh, I do have a YouTube, but there's just a video on there, I guess, if you want to check it out. It's not that funny, <laughs> but it is kind of funny to me. It's not that um, funny, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I I guess I will be making my um I I will be making a quick comeback to Twitch uh this Wednesday for Blackout Wednesday uh which is a drinking holiday in America where people get absolutely wasted before Thanksgiving the next day. Um, and hopefully it's not a hot mess like it was last year because there was a one, there was at one point where I didn't like the game that we were playing. We were playing a Jackbox game because I didn't understand it. And I just was sitting there on my phone as the game passed me by. <laughs> like everyone was playing it. I was just All like, right. I don't understand this, you guys. I have to find the clip. I have to find it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, can we get Cookie yeah. Mama drunk though? Can we get Cookie Mama drunk though? Yeah. Cookie Mama drunk. Cookie, Cookie Mama. Mama. Yeah. I want, drunk? I want to see you do. I want you to see it. I want to see you do it drunk. That would. That's actually like that's fierce. I would do that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, like uh, mom after school or mom after work. Uh, cooking you know i got some, i got my my not even good wine it's just cooking wine it's, so it's, not the cooking wine. all you want to do is get zooted you don't care how it tastes <laughs> exactly exactly uh, so yes that's that's what i'm doing so thanks it's been a pleasure being back though yay, it was so nice it has to been so do this with both you. of you today Hell yes, absolutely. Alrighty, I think that is everything we have to do. Thank you to everybody live for joining us on twitch.tv forward slash just gaming tings. That's tings with a Z. Uh, this will also be available on YouTube soon, TM, usually in the next week or so. And I believe also on Spotify and other podcasting platforms. So yeah, I think we're good. Thank you all very, very much for joining us. I think this was kind of an extra long one, but we had a lot of talked about. So what can we say? And uh, yeah, hope to see y'all next time. Oh, it's hard to talk now. Alrighty.
Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.